one of my earliest memories when I was a small child was um, our house was adjacent to a field and we used to get birds appearing on the field. And I think I must have seen one of the Disney films very early on, probably Sleeping Beauty or yeah. Snow White or something, and decided that was me. I had to have the birds come down, land on my hands, the deer running past, the, the rabbits with the ribbons or whatever. But I can I can even now see myself sitting on that field with little crumbs of bread, as it was at the time, just willing the birds to come to me. I just mm -hmm. was fascinated by the birds. And, um, and that wonder and uh, excitement of seeing birds has never left me. Podcast Junkies episode 163. I am back. I am Harry and I am not going to sing to you today. Instead, I'm going <laughs> to uh, feeling a little loopy this morning. Uh, last week, what did we talk about? We talked about Super Joe Pardo's amazingness, his MapCon conference, his book, The Business, uh, sorry, uh, Sales Won't Save Your Business, and his show, The Business Podcast. Lots to cover there in case you missed that, episode 162. This is the show where I find people just like that and have conversations that are just as awesome. It is called Podcast Junkies because I am a junkie for podcasting conversations. So many great ones lined up for you. I just keep meeting with uh, new podcasters like this week's amazing podcast host, Susie Buttress, and veterans who've been doing it for 10 to 12 years. I've just confirmed folks to come on the show um, like Rick Mulready and Amy Porterfield and Dana Malstaff. Super, super, super cool people that I, I got to hang out with at uh, Social Media Marketing World and at Traffic and Conversion and uh, a bunch of other places. I'm losing track <laughs> from all the travel, but those are going to be good. Um, those are coming. Those are in the works. Great conversation. Um, Drew Ackerman, Jordan Harbinger, these are all coming up, so stay tuned for those. So this week's show was with Susie Buttress. I saw her, uh, she and I were tagged in a Twitter conversation about podcasts I'm listening to. And I saw, she just, it was just caught me at the right time. It said Casual Birders Podcast. And I was like, well, is this a podcast about bird watching? And sure enough, it was. And I was just instantly fascinated, reached out to her. We made this conversation happen. And um, we, we, you know, this it's exactly what you're going to hear in uh, a couple of seconds as soon as I stop rambling. We found out, we find out about um, her show and when her interest in bird watching started, why I can see that bird watching could be a form of meditation. And it almost was for me because uh, I listened to the episodes while I was working as I was getting ready for the interview and her, her voice is very soothing and, and the bird, bird calls don't hurt either. Um, there's a meaning for bird calls and songs, and we talk about that a little bit. Um, how anyone can learn the meaning of the sounds birds make. You, you think this is something that only someone like Susie can do, but she says that that's not the case. Uh, she was able to combine her husband's love of photography with her love of bird watching, and they've taken now some trips together. Um, naturally, we, we dive into something about podcasting, and so she lets us know what, what was the most challenging thing so far. And then we talk about how she'd like to build and grow her podcast going forward. So this is all all really, really great stuff. And I'm, I'm really happy that we were able to shine a light on what she's doing. And I'm looking forward to meeting her when she comes to Los Angeles, which she's doing later this year. And she's going to take us on our own bird watching tour. 
Uh, this episode is brought to you by Podbean. So if you want to spend your time uh, starting your own show about your passion, like Susie does, then I can't uh, recommend Podbean enough. Head on over to podbean.com slash podcast junkies to get your podcast set up today for the low monthly rate of $9 for unlimited hosting. They've got a great uh, team that'll support you with anything you need to get your podcast set up. They've got their own um, application as well, their their own iPhone and Android app, um, which you can use uh, to listen to the show and to listen to other shows as well. They've got a great podcast called Podcasting Smarter. Um, Just overall, uh, great ambassadors for the podcasting community, podbean.com slash podcast junkies. So regular listeners will know that we have a retention hashtag, and that's our little way of seeing who's paying attention and staying all the way to the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be after the interview. But for now, let's hear some interesting bird calls and and some fascinating conversation around the topic of bird watching from none, none other than Susie herself. So Susie Buttress, host of the Casual Birder podcast, thank you so much for appearing on Podcast Junkies. Oh, thank you very much for inviting me. So the the internet works in mysterious ways sometimes, and uh, I don't know how much you have had serendipitous things happen to you, but I just happened to be looking at a an email, a Twitter thread, and someone was had has both in the same thread about podcasts they've listened to that have made their their top ten list. I forgot exactly what the content of the tweet was. And I was just in one of those moods where I was just fascinated by the idea that someone would start a podcast about birding. <laughs> and I, I was immediately, you know, just just delighted at the, at the thought of that. And then um, I started looking at the episodes and then, then I reached out and then we connected on Twitter and, and now we're here. And that's that's the way podcasting works sometimes. Absolutely. It's just, uh, you know, amazing. I only started uh, 10 weeks ago. Um, so I'm really new at podcasting. Yeah. Um, I've been a podcast supporter. I've been a listener for many years and very active in the listening community, in the fan community, and just had a passion for both podcasting and birdwatching and decided to marry the two together. So let's let's um, tackle those one at a time. Let's start with the birdwatching. Uh, when, did that, when did, that, did that interest start? I'm going to be dealing with this in one of the episodes, but one of my earliest memories when I was a small child was um, our house was adjacent to a field and we used to get birds appearing on the field. And I think I must have seen one of the Disney films very early on, probably Sleeping Beauty or Snow White or something, and decided that was me. I had to have the birds come down, land on my hands, the deer running past, the, the rabbits with the ribbons or whatever. But I can, I can even now see myself sitting on that field with little crumbs of bread, as it was at the time, just willing the birds to come to me. I just mm-hmm. was fascinated by the birds. And, um, and that wonder and uh, excitement of seeing birds has never left me all these have, years later. Have you been able to have a bird land in your hand? I have, absolutely, yeah. If you happen to look at my, my feeds, you'll find – and it, it's been in um, Nova Scotia in Canada. Okay. So black-capped chickadees are, are, are res- rel- relatively tame and um, or not so much tame, but they, if they see an opportunity for food, mm. they'll treat you like a bird table. And, you know, from their point of view, they're just coming getting free food. But from my point of view, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm communing with the <laughs> birds. So, yeah, no, I, I, that's, um, that's one of the best moments. I should send you, actually. I've got a great photograph. I was in Australia last year. And uh, we'd just recently arrived at the resort. And um, 
and I wondered whether any of the birds would come up. And uh, I've got this absolutely fantastic photograph on my Facebook account, which is mm. publicly available, mm-hmm. of me just covered in birds. Yeah. It was just amazing. Really? Just hands out, birds on hat, on arms, everywhere. So, yeah, that was my dream. Well, we'll make sure we have all your social media properties uh, linked in the show notes so the listener can, sure. can check those pictures out. Uh, I'm sure that would be fun to watch. Is there, Do you get a sense of this being something that you were called to do because of, I mean, the way that your passion and of the few episodes I've listened to, you can just tell that this is something that really lights you up inside. Thank you. So I'm in no way an expert on birds. I've been watching birds all my life and I call myself a casual birder because I know very much that I'm, I'm not one of the sorts of people that will travel long distances to see that one bird that just happens stranded off course or, or whatever. I will take great pleasure in watching birds that are, you know, local to the area that you see every day. It's just something about the birds that, that yeah, calls to me. But one of the reasons I started the podcast was I, I'd talk about, you know, birds at work, for example, and people would always say that, you know, yeah, I get birds in my garden, and 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 even people that don't think of themselves as bird watchers will have stories to tell about oh we had a we had a bird in the garden it was a really nice one it was yellow or you know it had red on do you know what it was and and I just loved engaging with people like that and I thought this I just want to share my passion of looking at birds and looking just taking interest in your environment I feel nowadays we're really so focused on um, just getting the job done and and rushing to work and rushing home and and chores at the weekend and we don't ever take those moments to just stop and and look out and and just appreciate what we're seeing and I I felt this was something I could suggest to people that you can just even if you're walking the dog or catching a bus or walking in a city street chances are you're going to see a bird okay in the city street might be pigeons and you know we'll we'll come to that but um there's but I, I can see wonder in any any type of bird that I see. And I just wanted to share that with people. And then there's the podcasting aspects of it, which I'm equally passionate about. So sorry, I think I might have not answered the question that you had, but just hit me with another question. That's fine. Well, it's, it's fascinating because it, it, it almost seems to me that it would be a form of meditation if you really do it right. And, and you, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm lucky enough to be living in Los Angeles. I'm staring out at palm trees and we can see mountains and sunshine and and that's I know that's not always the case. The East Coast is actually here in the U.S. is going through a, a huge um, yeah, snowstorm right absolutely. now, and so it's it's important not to take these things for granted. And I'm and I'm wondering if you're just constantly reminded when you're out and about, and you know how something that's that everyone potentially has at their fingertips, you know, they can use it as as, as a meditative tool. Do you know that's exactly what I do? So. And I was thinking about this the other day. So I had to go to London for a meeting and um, I was at the station quite early in the morning to catch the train up there. And I could hear a goldfinch singing in a tree opposite. And I thought, I'm looking around at all of the commuters and, you know, they're on their phones, possibly listen to podcasts. That's fine. I don't have an issue with that. But such a sweet melody. And just for that moment, you know, you can just think it it kind of takes you out of yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for a train and I've got a meeting to go to, but oh my gosh, look, there's a, there's a bird, it's singing. I'm, and I, you know, I can tell the sounds of the bird so I can, if I hear that, then I'll look around and I'll find the bird. Whereas I know a lot of people just haven't even noticed that there's a bird there. 
And that's one of the things I'm trying to do with the podcast. So I'm trying to get some sound recordings so that I can include those in the podcast. Yeah. Just to give examples. One thing that I was very certain of when I started the podcast was it's going to be the birds that I've seen. So I'm not just going to be trawling Wikipedia or mm. accessing content online and using other people's stuff. It's going to be birds I've seen. So it won't be a complete list of everything because I haven't seen a complete list of everything. Mm. And I won't always have sound files in my podcast because it will only be those times when I've managed to obtain sound recordings. Yeah. But I was very certain that I would only use my own content. Now, what's happened is, amazingly, people have started listening and, and wanting to engage and one of the things I really wanted to do with the podcast was enable some sort of community to build up around it that people yeah. would want to share their stories. And people around the world would do that so that it would help me. I would learn about the birds in other locations, but that it would be a, formal, uh, a format for people to share. And, and in that way, I could have guests on the show who could then talk about the birds they're seeing, which means that it doesn't have to be the birds that I know about as long as it's birds that they've seen. So it's, um, I'm happy to sort of spread the bird area. Luckily, I've been, I've been very fortunate. We, we travel quite a bit and I've been to Canada and the US. Um, I mentioned I'd been to Australia last year. Yeah. So I've, I've got um, a smattering of birds that I've seen in those areas and I can include those in the podcast. And very early on, I found that I had quite a few American listeners, which has then encouraged me to, incorporate american birds in pretty much every episode mm. where i can mm -hmm. I, I don't have a great knowledge of american birds but uh, the ones that i have seen so far it's worked yeah you know who knows how that will go I, hopefully i've already got guests lined up for the next so kind of four or five months so okay. there will be new content in there what what type of guests uh are you, are you looking to have on the show well so i've started off with one of the earlier guests is a colleague of mine, Sean. He um, He's absolutely not a birder and he would not describe himself as a birder. And yet we were chatting at work and he was started to describe these birds he'd seen and describe them with a little bit of enthusiasm. And I know he's not a birder, but he was exactly the kind of person that I felt I could reach. Someone who, you know, oh, I'm not a bird watcher because it's seen as a bit nerdy and a yeah. bit, you know, a specific type of hobby. But regular people going about regular activities can see birds. So it was really nice to have Sean involved because he was able to give me some stories of birds he'd seen and really show that, yeah, you don't have to be a birder. You can just be regular person that notices the birds. I, I'm a member of um, a fan community mm -hmm. for a podcast network. And uh, there's a lot of us that chat and a lot of them are American. And... Um, uh, a friend of mine uh, from there was often telling me about the birds in his garden. So he then has come on and been a, um, a guest. So that was really nice. It meant we could actually chat for the first time because yeah. we've only chatted online before. But the really exciting thing is that people, there are some podcasters that I have been listening to for quite some time who have an interest in, in birds or animals mm -hmm. and I've actually reached out to them and two of them, I can't reveal the name just yet because it's not fully confirmed, but two of them have actually accepted and said they would like to be a guest on the show. And I just find that, I mean, I'm really thrilled because I've had a chance to speak to podcasters that 
I've had intimately in my head yeah. for quite some time and that I've supported. And yet they're willing to come on my little show and talk to me about the birds that they've seen. So, you know, I, I have the dream guests and who knows, one day it might happen. But in the meantime, I've got people that I really, you know, that I admire, that mm-hmm. I'm connecting with and they're agreeing to be on. So, yeah, so in the next six months, I've got several other podcasters that are coming on, um, but not because their podcasts are any, in any way to do with birds necessarily, but because they themselves have an interest in birds. And I'm really, really excited about that because I'm hoping that will also give them an opportunity to show their fans a different side of them because yeah. it's a subject that they perhaps don't talk about very often or in any sort of great depth. So I, I think there's exciting opportunities there, but I, you know, I, obviously I'm really blown away by the fact that they've accepted and said they'll, they'll come on. Well, a couple of things that you're touching upon. Uh, one is the generosity of the podcasting community, which I think you're starting to Absolutely. realize. I don't know if you've been to yeah. any podcasting conferences, but it's going to be the same thing. Um, and we just all want to help each other. I've been doing this now almost for four years. And I remember in the beginning, I didn't know many people. I went to a conference and I was just, you know, deer in headlights, a little bit lost and, and not knowing, you know, not having anyone to talk to. And you know how conferences can be it's a lot of people who seem to all know each other and you're on the absolutely and you're yeah yeah and so but what I realized over time is just everyone was so helpful so many so many stories of people helping me out in the beginning so that I'm just just naturally in my uh, podcast DNA to do the same when I meet people at conferences and and just doing even outreaches like this like I don't even sometimes I, I used to have this thing in the beginning where I wanted people to have 50 episodes on their shows to demonstrate that they were serious but it's just recently I've I think what what's more interesting and my listener will agree is the enthusiasm that the guests bring to podcasting that I think is just even more important and even showing the people who've been doing it 10 years I just uh, I'm releasing this week an episode with Cliff Ravenscraft who's someone I've admired from afar and inspired me to start this show and so it was nice to come full circle and have him on my show and now we're speaking you know and you've you know you've got a handful of episodes I've spoken to Claire Duffy who does a podcast also uh, she's from um uh, across the pond, as you will, but uh, I think in, she's in Scotland, I believe, and she does Women of Hollywoodland and all these old, old, old actresses from the 20s and oh, 30s. Wow. And again, she only had a handful of episodes, but I was just so fascinated by the nicheness of like her subject and how, how much passion um, like you are uh, putting into each one of those episodes. And so I'm not surprised to hear that you're having good experiences. And I really love the idea of you having conversations with people on a topic that they don't get to talk about. Uh, because like yeah, you said, to their absolutely. point, let's say, you know, you know, someone, let's say Pat Flynn is a famous podcaster and someone always wants to talk to him about entrepreneurship. But if you're talking to him about his time in the band and your podcast is about high school bands, then obviously he's going to want to dive deep into that. So I think it's very smart. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah, I, I'm hoping that that will be a great connection for people. I mean, you were just saying there about how helpful the podcast community has been. And I've mentioned a couple of times that I support a network. Mm-hmm. So I, I support Maximum Fun. Yeah. Um, I've been a fan of Maximum Fun podcast for quite some time. Well, in fact, I started off with, um, there's a show uh, in Canada. It's a Maximum Fun show now uh, called Stop Podcasting Yourself. And I've been listening to that for about eight or nine years uh, it's my regular weekly. I have to have that. In fact, there's several shows now that I have to have weekly. Am I allowed to buzz market the the shows? Of course, um, please do. So, so my absolute faves that I have to listen to every week are "Stop Podcasting Yourself," uh, "Retail Nightmares," which is another Canadian show which has featured guests from "Stop Podcasting Yourself." Um, from Maximum Fun, Judge John Hodgman uh, is my absolute mm-hmm. favorite podcast. 
And and alongside that, we got this with Mark and Hal, uh, Hal Lovelin, Lovelin and Mark Gagliardi are just amazing. And again, it's it's the personality aspect. Yeah. I mean, for those people that I've mentioned, I'd follow them whatever subject they were doing mm. and whatever podcast they did because it's the personality aspect. But yeah, I've been supporting Maximum Fun for um, about four years, four or five years. And I I run a, um, a fan community mm. in London for fans of the podcast of Maximum oh, Fun. Wow. But I've been lucky enough to meet Jesse Thorne and, uh, and John Hodgman at the two London podcast festivals last year and this year. Yeah. And they've been incredibly uh, supportive. Uh, this year, I, my podcast was in development and uh, it came up in conversation. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but it came and you know incredibly supportive but someone who I hadn't been as aware of I knew of them but hadn't been as aware of them was um, Helen Zaltzman oh, yeah. who I know you've spoken to been a guest, yeah. and yeah and she runs a, a podcast support group on Facebook and I joined that a couple of months ago and everyone in there has been absolutely wonderful and from that I've actually joined a couple of other uh, Facebook groups I'm in um, the underdogs podcast mm-hmm. um support network I think it's called yeah. they'll tell me off for that but you know everyone has been really really helpful but even Helen you know I consider her as being wow you know she's this professional podcaster who does you know really high quality stuff she answers questions yeah. she'll give you really good feedback and really you know and I'm just like oh and that's what I've realized that it's not it's kind of like it's not like tv and film where there's this big separation between the talent and the the audience it's much more inclusive and collaborative and that's an incredible feeling as a new podcaster you know as a, as a listener I didn't really understand all that happened it's mm-hmm. only recently when I've started creating but to have that collaborative um, aspect to it and just the helpful community aspect of it is just really really rewarding and yes as you say it it makes you want to reach out to people as well because you want to pass on yeah the good feelings, the the helpfulness, the friendliness of it all. It's so interesting, uh, and it warms my heart to hear you say that about Helen. I, 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 we met literally through the podcast, and I asked her to be, come on, and we did a Skype call. And it's just very interesting because her husband interrupted. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually listening to her episode today, and, and I think, goodness. Lots of the things she said are things that I feel, and I I don't want to sound like I'm just going to yeah. repeat what Helen said. No. Obviously, we're, we're totally different people. But yeah, I heard Martin in the background was... of that, and then and then mine's done the same thing. <laughs> so now, um, I wonder if it's something that uh, they just happen to be around when you're podcasting. I thought that was a, a funny coincidence. But I've I've had the the, um, the honor of meeting her in person a couple of times at Podcast Movement, and we give each other a big hug. And that's part of why I love doing the video too, because it's, it establishes more of a personal connection over the course of an hour so that you know when we meet because i know we'll meet at some point if i have to get over there and make it to a uk conference and <laughs> i'll be at max FunCon this year in la max. so oh, good. that's why i'm coming over there what, what are the dates on that yeah uh that's the um 6th to the 8th of june okay um i think or have i got that wrong is it the 8th to the 10th anyway it's the the weekend of around the 8th of june um but I, yeah i'm coming over to la this year uh, oh. for that and i'm going to be in la bird watching obviously um but i'm hoping to meet up with some podcasters while i'm over there um, so oh, I'm seeing that as well. a really fantastic opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll coordinate a meetup. Oh, that'd be <laughs> fantastic. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> It'll be great. There's a, there's the Los Angeles Podcasters Group that uh, is a bit dormant now. We need to revive that. But uh, there's a lot of amazing podcasters here because it's a mix of the radio folks. Um, the headquarters for Wondery are here. I've actually interviewed Hernan Lopez. That that network is doing amazing things. Um, and there's a lot of really good pod- podcasters doing good stuff here. Ben Adair has a podcast and pizza meetup that gets a lot of the the radio folks together. So, yeah, if, if depending you know how we make the dates work, would you, you can attend some of the, the meetups as well and just grow. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be really incredible. I can tell them about some birds. Yeah. So what's interesting is um, your ability to recognize the bird from from hearing its its song, right? What, what is the correct term for is it a, is it a song? Is it a chirp? Is it a... <laughs> well, it depends what, what they're doing. So it could be a call. It could be a song. You know, if they're just doing their, um, you know, during the breeding season, obviously the males do an awful lot of singing mm-hmm. to attract um, other birds and defend their territories Um, or there might just be a call which is just another kind of sound that they might make to just check other birds are in the area you know and that won't necessarily be a breeding thing that will just be a communication thing there might be an alarm call that they give some birds do that and in my very first episode I mentioned about blackbirds that can give um, several different types of alarm and other birds will react to that even though they're not blackbirds they they recognize that it's a a potential danger so and actually that can be a really good indication of other things happening so for example you might have uh crows in in our country you might have crows it's probably ravens or it could also be crows in america but you might hear them constantly calling and thinking that's a real nuisance what on earth is that noise and just getting irritated with hearing a noise but actually if you look up you might find that there's a red-tailed hawk or a bald eagle or something around that they're mobbing and the reason they're calling is because they're trying to scare off whatever the the, mm. the annoying bird is but it, just by looking to see when you can hear um sounds like that uh, potentially you'll see something else and so it's just a, it's just being tuned to it and and thinking okay that's yes it's irritating that's annoying it's irritating and annoying for a reason they're doing it for a reason so hey look around and see what it might be in this country, it might just be blackbirds being irritated because there's a magpie or a cat around that they're feeling threatened by. And with blackbirds particularly, they will do a very long, repeated noise, a kind of, um, you know, a sharp call. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will go on and on and on. And if you don't recognize that it's because there's a threat in the area, you can just get extremely irritated with the bird itself. But actually, if you walk out into the garden, you'll then see that that's a threat and you've scared the threat away. You've calmed it down. You haven't got the irritation anymore. But, you know, it's just little things like that that I, I have had in the past. People say to me, oh, I hate blackbirds because they're so noisy and they do this. Or I hate magpies because they are always making. I mean, there's various reasons why people hate magpies. But um, but one of the things is, again, they have this really strong alarm call. And if they sense a threat in the area, they will constantly call. Mm. As a human, you're just hearing this horrible, raucous noise. You're not understanding the reason behind it. Part of what I do is is observe birds just to understand their behavior as well. So I mentioned that I've mentioned on the podcast that I don't mind if it's not, if it's a bird I've seen hundreds of times before. I'm not bored by seeing it because each time I see a bird, I'll see something different about it. Obviously, it's really exciting to see brand new birds. And whenever I go to a new country, I'm, I'm really excited about what's that first bird I'm going to see. And invariably, it's a house sparrow or something. But, <laughs> but you know, I do like when we went to Australia and there were really beautiful colored birds. And I'm, I'm so excited about coming to L.A. because 
I know that you've got birds there that I don't see very often at all. Yeah. And I'm so excited about whether they're seabirds, you have the pelicans and, and things like oh, that. Yeah. Or if I go into the hills, because the conference is at Lake Arrowhead. So I know that's a wooded area. It's got a lake. I'm just so excited about being there. It's like really difficult because I want to be at all the convention things. But at the same time, it's like, oh, I want to go on bird walks too. So I, I'm not quite sure I'm going to handle that bit. But so, um, but yeah, I just get a lot of enthusiasm about going to new places and seeing birds as well. It's so fascinating because it speaks to this idea of listening to the messages that the universe or nature is, is giving to us and and you do it through through the birds but it's just like everything out there is a message for us if we're just willing to pay attention and we're and we're able to tune in our frequency to theirs and and listen to what is the message that's being delivered so i would almost venture to say you have like a little bit of a superpower because you can actually <laughs> comprehend for you if you were to hear something you you know more information about what potentially could be happening than the person standing next to you who doesn't have that appreciation and, and that understanding that there actually is a purpose to their calls, their songs, and their chirps. The thing about that, I would say, is it's very flattering to think of it as a superpower. But in a way, it's not because it's absolutely people, anyone can... Yeah learn that anyone can just if rather than thinking what an irritation that is if they just stop and think okay well why is the bird making that noise then you can start to attune to that whereas you know superman flying it's not like you can just go oh i'm gonna do that too um, I, was, I was thinking more of aquaman because he can commune with the fish with the fishes and i kind of like oh no that i i would love that i'm absolutely um, i just adore whales and dolphins so you know being able to communicate yeah. with them would be amazing so yeah. that would be great there's I've, yeah. I've seen um sites where people are actually trying to develop technology that can translate the sonar of dolphins into language and teaching them there's there's some crazy esoteric stuff going on if you dig down the rabbit hole a bit but uh yeah there's um, and i'm fascinated by that stuff we recently went um a couple months ago to to see some dolphins um it was, it was really fascinating and and just it, amazing when they're all coming out of the water at the same time the energy that you feel and i'm sure it's what you felt when you had all the birds around you as well oh I, just on a quick aside did you see any whales while you were out there not this time the time before we did see a couple of uh humpback whales yeah yeah, because we just had an amazing time up in Canada and yeah. just saw so many whales there. And it, yeah, and birds, really great bald eagle observations mm. I had up there, which was amazing because, of course, you know, I don't. So someone recently contacted me to say that they've never seen a bald eagle in the area they live. They actually do live in, uh, in America, yeah. uh, but on the East Coast. And they saw one the other day and were you know, really excited that they'd seen one. And yet some of the places I've been, especially up in Vancouver area, there are masses of bald eagles and it's it's like for me i come in and see all these bald eagles i think well yeah of course it's america but bald eagles you know you're gonna have them everywhere so it's quite surprising to me to hear of an american that said no yeah. this is the first time i've ever seen one so wh how did you acquire or, or or how did you come to come to get really good at understanding the birds and and even being able to distinguish different types and breeds just by the nature of what you're hearing so I have to limit what I say because it sounds like, oh, hey, I'm such an expert. I'm actually only in a very narrow band of birds that I can do that with. So it's mainly woodland birds. And for quite a few years, I did a, um, a regular census for the British Trust for Ornithology. Okay. Um, I just, as a volunteer census taker, would uh, twice a season in the, in the springtime walk a two-kilometer section of woodland 
and note all the birds I could see. And I already had an idea of some of the bird sounds, but during those observations, if I heard a noise that I didn't recognize, I would wait until I could see what had made the noise. And of course, once you start doing that, you associate a noise with the bird. And if you can see it actually is making the noise, then great, you've made that connection. You know, that noise comes from that bird. And um, like my logo for my podcast, shout out to Randy Braun, who did my artwork for me. But that was from uh, a photograph I took of a bullfinch in my garden. And for many years, I had no idea what sound bullfinches made. And then we were on holiday in, um, sorry, we were on holiday in the Alps. And while I was out walking, I just heard this really unusual, soft, repeated call. I'd not heard anything like it before. It was like a, it was almost like a, a really soft whistle, but just a very short, repeated segment very almost whispered mm-hmm. and it just happened that I looked around and I saw there was a bullfinch there and it's like I had no idea that that was a noise that bullfinches made but of course now I'm very familiar with it and we have lots of bullfinches coming to our garden and you know I'll be indoors and I'll just hear this little tiny peep and it's really soft but I'm attuned to it yeah. so I can say straight away oh bullfinches in the garden and we'll have to go and have a look because they're so lovely to see but yeah I've I've learned quite a lot of the woodland birds and I can I can hear those if we're out walking or even in, if I'm indoors if I can hear them in the garden I'll know exactly what's there yeah. and that's that's really great because what that does is widen the appreciation of what birds are around because often you might stand there and say oh this is just one bird I can't see anything else but if you're listening there might be seven or eight species around but you can't see them because they're in the trees or whatever but you can hear them and then suddenly you realise actually there's more around than I thought there was. Mm. So it just adds another layer of um, interest and identification to the birds you're seeing around you. Have Have you done walking tours? Uh, what have I given any? Yeah, I haven't. Uh, although I have spoken to the people at work since I've had the podcast and explained to them what a podcast is because that's something you have to do with people that aren't in podcasting yeah. annoyingly yeah. there's a massive audience out there how, that don't know how, what a podcast how dare they not know what a podcast I know. is <laughs> well i'm i have a mission to tell them um but a few of my colleagues have said that would be great can we can we come with you for just a walk around the car park mm. and can you tell us so we're just waiting for a nice day because we've not had great weather recently so well but yeah I, it's funny because i i mean i have my own business now and then i have an entre- i've been an entrepreneur now full-time for the past two years so I'm, my, 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 the ideas never stop but I, I think that this almost lends itself well to some sort of side business where you take people on these walking tours where and you could literally do this almost anywhere because you don't necessarily need to know what you're hearing but you're you're telling them what to listen for and how you listen and, and how you look at a bird and what type of notes you take and i just think it's maybe we can organize one when you're here in la I was just going to say, when I come over, I'll take you out and we'll, we'll find what's no, there. No, we'll, we'll, we'll coordinate one with some fellow po- podcasters and, and see who's interested in. And we'll and we'll it. record it while we're yeah, going. We're, so we'll, have, we'll make an, it one of my episodes. Episode. <laughs> Look at this. We're repurposing. <laughs> repurposing. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll, and I'll tweet about it and we'll, we'll Facebook Live it as well. <laughs> oh, amazing. I mean, one of the things, my, my husband's um, a photographer, okay. uh, well, you know, a passionate photographer, amateur photographer it's not his business unfortunately but we have spoken in the past about whether he could whether we could somehow link the two passions sure what works really well actually is many of our holidays are taken because we're going to locations where he can he does coastal landscape photography which i i'm no good at the visual arts i Mm -hmm. i you know i i I snap pictures and if you see my photographs you'll you'll see the difference 
but it works really well because while he's taking his photographs, I'm off listening for what birds are around or I'm watching what birds are. So the two hobbies kind of really mesh well together. Yeah, they seem like they would because coastal landscape photography lends itself well to, you know, having birds around. If he was like still photography or just, (laughs) uh, you know, shooting models or something, they they wouldn't, yeah, they wouldn't uh, marry together. Um, What, so yeah, what's is 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 the does he actively look for clients or he just does it on the side for now? That's something that we are planning towards in okay. our later years. You know, we're we're getting to the stage where you think, yeah, you know, what can we do with our yeah. hobbies that will be more fulfilling? And you know, if it provides a side income, that'd be wonderful too. Where's home? Where's I'm home, in my where's, late. Where's home for you? Uh, we're in Hampshire in the UK. Okay, but we um. We had thought about whether we could do holidays to or, or, or that sort of thing up in Scotland because we, we absolutely love Scotland. Okay. But we also really, really love Nova Scotia. And um, we've thought many times about, uh, you know, the scenery there is absolutely amazing. Well, I, uh, where are you from? Are you actually from L.A.? Uh, I, I, I was technically born in El Salvador, which is in Central America. And I came to the uh, United States when I was a year old. And I was raised uh, just outside of New York City in a city called Yonkers. Uh, and then I've oh, I've heard of that. Okay, and then I've ended up subsequently living several times in New York City. The latest was at the in the East Village, and then we've been living in Los Angeles now for the past three and a half years. Oh wow! So you've you've been to sort of very very many places in um, in the US then. Yeah, um, I lived in a, a stint in Atlanta as well for a little bit, and then uh, yeah, and then been traveling abroad as well. So. Yeah, so every place seems to have well. Obviously, there are places that are very industrial and aren't so attractive. But even in industrial places, peregrine falcons make their homes on big city buildings. Skyscrapers, you know, the, yeah. Exactly. You know what? Wherever you are, there's going to be something of interest if mm-hmm. you're interested in birds. Um, no, what I was going to say was, you know, Nova Scotia and also the coast of Maine. That area of New England just is stunning as well. There's just so many places to go, just yeah. so little time to do it in. <laughs> well, what I was, was going to say is just I'm, I'm a big fan of putting intentions out into the universe because you never know what can happen. So uh, what, what's your husband's name? Uh, John Buttress. So John, so John is, is um, an expert in coastal landscape photography. So is, if anyone is, is listening from the Hampshire area and then needs his services, then uh, by all means, reach out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. They'll probably know him because he was a member of... Okay. Um, for the camera clubs and things. But um, he actually joined me this week on my podcast okay. because a couple of years ago, we were lucky enough to go to Antarctica. So last week and this week, um, the episodes are on penguins, which oh. people might say isn't exactly casual birding, yeah. but actually it was because I'm, you know, we were very, very fortunate to be able to go on this um, cruise to Antarctica. But basically you're taken off the boat and then transported to the land and there are penguins there. So yeah. there's not a great deal I had to do in order to see them. I was absolutely casual birding, just in a different location. But yeah, John, so John joined me because as a photographer, he was seeing different things mm. while we were on land. So even though we both had the same, you might say ostensibly the same experience, yeah. we both were looking at the same birds and the same, we saw them in different ways. And so I've, I, I actually interviewed him for the podcast for, as I say, these last two weeks. And I think, you know, that's interesting to people because penguins are fascinating creatures anyway. And I think a little bit um, maligned in as much as whenever you see them on documentaries or on TV, they always play humorous music behind them. Yeah. 
And you know what? Yeah, there are occasions that obviously they are very endearing and they do look comical out on land, but in the water they are supreme swimmers mm. and you know they live in really harsh environments and they they have harsh lives um and so you know on one side you kind of go oh yeah sweet penguins but then on the other hand it's like actually think about what this small creature is having to live through oh, yeah. you know that really makes you sort of step back and consider things a bit more so don't want to get too <laughs> no, I think they. I think penguins always hold a special place in people's hearts, and there's cartoons made of them as well. So um, children love them. Uh, but so for, I guess as far as definition is, if it has a wing span, it's considered a, a bird. Is 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 that the like? Because are, are there? Because you said because it goes goes into the water, and obviously not a lot of birds are. are I'm interested nice. in, in that in that. Uh, designation or how they're classified because there's you know obviously birds that are only in the sky and then there's our birds that you know like to mix it up in 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 the water and in the air yeah well that's that's a really interesting question well i think obviously they are birds and they're classified as birds they have feathers they lay eggs um it's just that they're aquatic birds they fish they they still breathe air but they are supreme swimmers i mean they're like little torpedoes when they're in the water they can absolutely move and they're specially adapted for for the conditions that they live in. So they they drink seawater, but they have special glands in their heads that filter out the salt from the seawater and excrete mm. the salt to allow them to not dehydrate from what wow. they're drinking. They'll eat krill or, or fish, depending on what type of penguin they are. But then there's birds on land that live in rivers or by rivers that actually dive into rivers or... There's gannets, which are absolutely seabirds, you know, kind of big wing, a bit like albatross type things. But they will dive into water and dive down quite deep in order to catch fish. It's just an adaptation that, you know, they've learned that or rather they've they've adapted that way over centuries Mm -hmm. to, you know, live in those particular environments. Well, actually, it's probably going to be millennia. But anyway, yeah. But yeah, so they're all birds, just that they live in very different conditions. It's fascinating. It's almost it's so it shows, just shows the resiliency of Mother Nature and uh, allow allow these creatures to develop in a way that's perfectly suitable for the environment that they're in. Absolutely, absolutely. What, what's and, most... and stepping back and thinking about that, yeah. you know that. It's really mind blowing. Yeah, because it was it was funny because you mentioned penguins and I'm like, of course a penguin is a bird. Because then you know when you you start thinking of when you we first start talking, I think of like you know the the sparrows and the finches and the and the and the birds that appear on my feet or when I'm re- remember to put some seed out there, <laughs> you know those birds. But then you forget that there's just like just a wide range and 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 you know you've got the ducks and then the the, the um, all the birds that dive in the ocean for for fish and, and 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 the fish that you've described that can actually dive into the water and it's just fascinating when you think about it and that's part of the magic of having a conversation like this is we can stop to think about the wonder of it all because we it just escapes us and you know we don't watch enough of those planet earth specials on tv to get a good feel for it and and you've got that kind of outside you know you yeah. the planet earth specials are absolutely amazing but of course, they're in very special environments where they've spent months and months and months getting that small piece of film. And yet those same dramas, those same excitements could be happening outside of your house. Yeah. And just and they are. taking that moment. Yeah, absolutely. And now where you are in L.A., you've got the Californian condors up on the Monterey coast, yeah. you know, up on the Big Sur. Uh, you've got all sorts of uh, birds of prey. You know, as soon as you come inland and go to the more deserty areas, you've got the birds of prey that mm-hmm. uh, you know are out there. 
living each day a, a dramatic you know they they need to survive there's going to be other birds and other animals that are going to have to die to keep them alive it's um you know and, and just even out on your feeders i bet you've got jays diving in and grabbing nuts and things and you know what, what would you have over there do you have do you have blue jays or do you I, have scrub jays i wish i could tell you. Oh, you <laughs> well, now, now you're going to make me more more conscious of the fact that i don't know what type of birds are in my feeder but i what's interesting i don't know if you have fans that do this but i you know i'm always thinking about like ways to engage with your 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 fans on social media so you know i could take a picture and then i could post it on twitter and then if you just you should come up you should claim the casual birder podcast or casual the casual birder hashtag and then anytime someone wants to like you know just reference the show and say hey trying to figure out what this is uh and then hashtag the casual the casual birder and it would just be just kind of nod to you and 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 and, um the people that listen to the podcast and the fans and and maybe i'm sure someone would jump in and great idea yeah someone jump in and say oh that's so obvious that's blue jay Actually, I've got um, I've got a, there's a podcaster friend of mine who's down in uh, South America who's been uh, sending me pictures of birds down there and saying, "What's this? What's this?" <laughs> oh, um, oh, I think <laughs> I know. <laughs> I haven't really been. I, you know, we went to Brazil for, and Argentina when we went to when we went down to Antarctica. So yeah. I've seen a few birds down there, but I, you know, I don't yeah. know. But yeah, uh, the casual bird hashtag itself. I think there might that all might already have been taken, but I have a, a Facebook group and people have been coming in there and I, I've been really amazed because it's not just people that I know. So I have, yeah, you know, obviously I start off telling my friends and acquaintances about the podcast and now there's like strangers yeah. who aren't strangers. They're now friends, yeah. but you know, there's people that are actually listening to the podcast and engaging with it. And that is so wonderful to me because I've had so much enjoyment through the podcast that I listen to and getting engagement and the community feeling and what I wanted to do was provide a place for people to just say yeah actually you know what I've, I've only seen these two birds in my garden but they're my garden and I've seen yeah. them you know and you know great if people are seeing hundreds of birds and know every single detail about them but also if they just say do you know what I've got a red bird in my garden what do you <laughs> what, what do people think this is you yeah. know chances so- are it's going to be something that I've not seen or it might be a cardinal that I desperately want to see and uh, and I'm really jealous that someone has got that just in their garden. And it's it's just really nice to share. I think it just speaks to the power of the community. So you can crowdsource, you know, you, you can't see everything, but I know that there's people that are casual birders like yourself who would be more than happy to jump in. And, and what's fascinating when you start to build a community, there's a couple that I run on Facebook. One is for this podcast and it's called Podcast Junkies Junkies. <laughs> and so it's just people oh. who are fans of the show, but it's funny because I get to talk about guests and then I give little people a little sneak peek about what I'm working on. And and sometimes conversations start on their own in there. Um, and it's funny when you build a community that allows people to feel like they're, you know, we have a common interest. And, and I think that's what you're starting to see. But it's a good segue just to to get a feel for, um, you know, what would it, what was it as you as you were having this this hobby and this passion that inspired you to sort of marry what else was happening with your interest in podcasting together? So I think what it was was uh, when I started the the fan group for Maximum Fun in London, um, I was meeting other people who were also fans, mm-hmm. but that had their own podcasts, just regular people who were just like well. Quite a lot of them very creative. You know, yeah. they would have like Dungeons and Dragons podcasts, oh, or yeah. uh, I met someone who'd created a drama and and was in the process of creating a, a podcast from that drama. So real creative stuff, mm. not just me saying I've seen a sparrow. <laughs> you can too. Um, and uh, and I thought, hold on. So not only are these wonderful podcasters that I'm listening to, like Hal and like John and like Jesse, 
regular people have podcasts too. And I listened to a few of them because I thought, well, okay, I've met them now. I should actually listen to the podcast. And they were really good. Of course, that did start to scare me because then I thought, oh, so there's not just Maximum Fun podcasts. There are podcasts by other people yeah. too. Like I obviously I listen to Nerdist podcasts. And, and then um, and then there's like people who aren't on networks who have podcasts, independent podcasters. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, my goodness, there's a lot of them. But actually, even though there are a lot of them, there's a massive audience out there that don't yet know that they want to listen to them. So it can feel when you're in the podcast community that everyone's got a podcast. Everyone you talk to has got a podcast. It's saturated, but it's absolutely not because if you talk to anyone outside of the podcast community, like, as I said, if I talk to people at work, a vast number of them, well, a lot of them know now what a podcast is because I've told them, but up till then, didn't really know what a podcast was and i i'm like there's a lot of people out there that don't yeah hey it's a potential audience so we're not saturated yet there's still opportunity but back to your question was um having spoken to these people and realized that they had podcasts i started to think is that something i could do because i had thought i really want to share my passion of bird watching Mm -hmm. i could join a local nature organization but I would be mixing with people there who already, and that's great because you're meeting with people that already have the same passion. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to get people involved that don't know that they have the passion, yeah. don't know that they're interested and encourage them to to look. And I was going to do some talks. I was going to go around to like Women's Institute places and, and just do a talk every now and then. And my husband had been doing that for his photography. And so I thought, well, I, I could do that. but actually. I'm quite lazy. I mean, that's why I'm a casual birder. And the thought of traveling vast distances to do this one talk one night when I could create a podcast that could go out on the internet and find an audience of people that actually might be interested in listening, it occurred to me I could match the two together. If only I could learn how to do a podcast. So I started to investigate it. And actually, that's when, during the summer this year, I I started to think maybe this was something I could do. I, I looked into it and, and there's a lot of resources available to let you know. But what really gelled it for me, so I had the idea, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew um, I knew the, the form it wanted to take and that just came to me. I hadn't spent years planning it. It was just there and I just knew that was mine. Yeah. I knew that I would have enough excitement, enough enthusiasm and enough personal knowledge to be able to maintain at first, you know, I'm thinking maybe I'll do a year but let's see how it goes because there are birds all around the world. There's enough, in, there's enough information out there. And so I decided to do it. So I went to the London Podcast Festival. And this year, that festival had some um, panels where it had uh, uh, people who were producers mm-hmm. and people who were already in the podcast industry giving a little bit like the conferences that I guess you go to. Yeah. So it was, it was a maker weekend, they called it. Okay. And so there were or maker sessions. And so there were sessions that you could learn about podcasting as well, but also mixing with the podcasters that you admire and that you've come to see their shows of. And that really gelled. I mean, I, I, I was probably 80% certain mm-hmm. at that point that I was going to produce my podcast. And, um, and, and from that, I met so many inspiring people. And I, obviously, I mentioned, I spoke to Jesse and John as well, and they were really encouraging. But I met other people at the other podcasters that were starting out and it just the whole feeling of of 
the collaborative nature, the creativity, which I'm not necessarily a creative person. I'm very much a, I want to reach out to people. I want to have that human interaction, but mm -hmm. I'm not a creator. But maybe I am, and uh, I didn't know. Yeah, I was going to say you are now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am now, yeah. Um, but yeah, so coming away from the podcast festival, I was so fired up, and I knew definitely I was going to do it. And, and you know, that was in September, and my podcast came out at the beginning of November. And, you know, we've just had, as I say, just on the 10th episode now. And, so and now, you're podcast, been amazing. now you're on Podcast Junkies. <laughs> yeah, that that is absolutely amazing. I I don't know how that happened. I I think I was just as you say serendipity. I was yeah. talking. It was Clay Groves who was um, yeah, who's the fish nerd guy, and yeah, he was on a, a couple of weeks ago. And I think you kind of saw a conversation that we were having. Yeah, and I think you'd had, you'd maybe in, you were in conversation with him, and I was there too. And how lucky was that? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, it's it's so fascinating the way it works, and it's I think the beauty of just social media that we're able to connect, you know, that we're so far apart, you know, physically, but we can have this conversation and just have an intimate conversation and share that with the listeners. And, and as a result of this, new people will, dis will discover you and new people will hear about my show. And I think that's how it happens. It's sort of organically because we just like, I just love having these interesting conversations. There's so many different varieties of podcaster out there now there's no one size fits all. And I think that's why I'm so fascinated to tell these different stories. I'm wondering, like, What's been something that's been challenging for you as you've been starting and growing the show, um, and then something you're you're looking to try to, to to you know to get the word out a bit more? So the challenging thing has been that I know nothing about audio editing, mm. or I know I knew nothing about audio editing. I was very I I did actually after the podcast festival I was yes I can do this I can go out and I can absolutely do this. And then all I kept reading was people saying, there are so many podcasts out there and no one takes any care over their sound quality and they're all rubbish. And, you know, you get all these people starting up and have no idea what they're doing. And I suddenly got stage fright and I suddenly thought, yeah, what do I know? I, I'm not mm. a producer. I don't know anything about audio files. I can't do this. You know, I'll do it, but no one will listen because it'll be so awful. So I, I took a great deal of care over my setup. And, you know, if, if someone who's an audio engineer listens to my show, I hate to think what they'll think. Well, then they're, they're, um, they're probably not the audience. <laughs> well, no, I don't know. <laughs> oh, they could be too. Yeah, you know, no. they, yeah they but could I think be. they listen but with a different ear. You know, they, they, they understand who your, you are. Yeah. 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 If it's your, if it's your work, you yeah. immediately will see the thing that's wrong. But what I have learned is that I can do it. Yeah. I make mistakes. Um, just this week, I... I managed to be a little bit behind with my New Year's Day episode, but I was convinced, I was certain, you know, I was absolutely adamant it was going out on New Year's Day. Turns out there were a few of us on New Year's Eve staying up all night editing their show around the world as as the dateline moved. We were connecting and saying, oh, are you doing it too? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I missed off a um, an interstitial piece of music. I left a gap for it and didn't put it in. And I went to bed, and when I woke up in the morning, I listened to my podcast, and ha, huh, there was a gap of about a minute in there that I had <laughs> left. And um, someone mentioned it to me, and I shot straight downstairs and re remastered the, the put the music in and yeah. remastered it and got it back out. And luckily, only about eight people had had it downloaded at that point, so I was able to catch it early. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm obviously that's never going to happen again because once that happens once, 
you know, but I'm taking great care over it. I've also got a friend of mine who's a podcaster and a radio host to um, to give me some guidance on okay. on you know just using that's that's something that I think is missing. I think that would be I, um, you know I'm going to suggest it to the podcast support group as well if there's a way of um, possibly having a kind of round table. Mm-hmm. Let's look at what you do with a file. You know, just mm. to share because you can look at YouTube videos, you can read about it, yeah. but if you've never dealt with files before, or yeah. you know, it's that I would have really welcomed having just half an hour with someone to say, do you know what you can do this, this, and this. Uh, but you can, you know, you can farm out your work. You can get someone to actually professionally do it. At the moment, I'm, you know, obviously funding this totally myself, and. I'm actually finding it really fun to do, even though I make mistakes. It's well, such well, a different, yeah, and it's such a different skill set to what I normally do. I mean, I'm a, I'm a project manager. I'm an office based worker. Yeah. This is this is truly encompassing, you know, to be able to produce a show from start to finish myself yeah. and put it out there yeah. and have engagement with the audience. It's I still don't quite have my head around the fact that that can happen. But it's absolutely amazing. That's one of the really wonderful things about the internet. I know there are bad things, but one of, you know, an overwhelming good thing is exactly what you said. You can find people who have similar interests to you or have similar likes, or you can find an audience. Mm -hmm. And actually, those audiences, you know, I've seen it with Maximum Fun, and I know I keep talking about that, but that's where I've had my experience. You know, coming together and, and doing good things. It's not just, we're not just consuming content, but we're using our feel of community to give something back as yeah. well you know and and the communities raise money they do all sorts of things and it's just we're all doing it through a love of the things that we're enjoying yeah. it's just i don't know i just find that absolutely amazing that 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 can happen and that it continues to happen you know i, I saw it when i started and i'm just so happy to see that it just continues and as new people come into the the podcasting world and they have the same experiences and then then they in turn want to help other podcasters because i i have no doubt there's going to be people coming to you for podcasting advice and they probably are already even though you're only <laughs> about 10 episodes in i mean it's just That's- a function of all these different things that we have to learn as a podcaster editing marketing websites you know id3 tagging these random terms that never even existed in our absolutely <laughs> all of a sudden we're becoming experts so on like on bit rates and you know how to embed audio and all this fun yeah stuff. and what what you know and and learning that actually do you know it's okay for an audio show to to have a low quality mm-hmm. export because yeah. yes it's all it's you know all if you don't have, yeah. but it sounds yeah but if it, but you know you choose that option and you think well no i don't want low quality i want high quality and then you see how big the file is and what you're what yeah. you're paying for yeah. each month <laughs> i don't want i, yeah, don't want, I want high quality but i don't want a high internet bill or a high uh, podcast Absolutely. hosting bill. <laughs> <laughs> um one of the things that you um one of the things that you asked me what i would like to do yeah. going forward how i'd like to build things sure obviously i it would be great to have you know more more engagement from people i, I try each podcast mm-hmm. so the penguin one's been slightly different but for all the other podcasts i've tried to encourage the listeners to to tell me what they're seeing and people have been doing that and then i i read out or occasionally get them on to talk about what they've been uh, seeing or mm-hmm. just because you know what i've had interactions with the podcasters myself so um like hal lublin um who's on we got this with mark and hal was yeah. doing a facebook live this year on my birthday or last year now and um 
I, I woke up and, oh, Hal's gone live. I, I must listen to that. And, uh, and he saw that I was interacting and, and I said it was my birthday and he sang happy birthday to me. And it was like, <laughs> that's nice. a podcaster that I admire. And, but, you know, just so little things I can do, like yeah, read out someone's bird list or, or, you know, reference them by name. And actually, I know it sounds, it sounds strange, but do you know what? It makes you really feel part of the show when you're mentioned it does it's um, just like the old uh, uh radio day old radio days i'm probably dating myself but you know when you would make a request on the on the radio and the dj would play it and, and you get a shout out oh yeah God, that's so that was me hey everyone <laughs> well it's funny the, the good thing about podcasts is you can play it again and again it's not just like it's out and, <laughs> and gone. you can share it you can share it like listen, absolutely here's perhaps the... on twitter yeah <laughs> hey mom i told you i was going to be famous listen this person is talking about me on the internet's Absolutely. absolutely. What's fascinating, what I do sometimes now is um, you mentioned a lot of podcasters. I like to jokingly call it the podcasting drinking game. Like anytime you hear a famous podcaster reference on my show, like you take, you do a shot. But what I do now. they're really drunk people around (laughs) (laughs) What I do is I listen to my own show now um, after it's out. And I recommend every podcaster obviously does that. Listen to their episode once it's published because you never know. You catch things like you just mentioned. But now what I'm also doing, I use the Overcast app and I automatically... If I'm mentioning something, I'm like, hey, Helen, which I'm going to do. We were talking about you at this point in the episode and because Overcast creates a timestamp. And I just oh, that just gives me more ability to share content and to and to engage with like people who have been on the show or just people that I want to connect with. And and I'll do it to Jesse and say, hey, Jesse, you've got a fan here. She's raving about you. And then that, you know, <laughs> and he'll just, say, oh, yes, I yeah, know Susie. <laughs> yeah, it's good for me. It's good for he you. Knows me. <laughs> and so it's just nice, you know, just to kind of look for opportunities. And I, I tell all podcasters just like look for opportunities to create content from something you you already have in place so and i'm very i'm very big on giving shout outs to other podcasters that i yeah. i recognize so um for example and i'm going to do this again now um there's someone in the pod, podcast support group that i met recently so the podcast support group had a um a christmas meetup okay. and i thought a little i had a little bit of imposter syndrome but i thought I've, I've got two episodes out. I can absolutely go to this. I'm absolutely a podcaster. And uh, I met a guy there, Kobe, who um, has just brought out a wire, a podcast about the wire. Okay. It's called The Wire Stripped. And um, that's an amazing podcast. And it's, it, I'm always um, surprised. Well, no, I'm not always surprised. It's amazing the creativity of the people out there. So his one is, is a really good documentary type show. Mm. But I've also come across people who have created audio dramas which are really big yeah. now they're really big um and it's i a it's a fantastic way to have a an outlet for actors and actresses who yeah. you know may find that the film industry is swamped and yeah. and this is a new and this is creativity as well they can be involved in you know shaping the scripts and things and there's a massive amount of those but really really high quality audio dramas mm. which I think had kind of fallen out of favor. You know, there used to be the old radio shows, mm-hmm. but who listens to radio now for drama? Yeah. No, um, there's, a, there's a lot of however, good, good stuff happening with podcasts. Panoply had a whole series, a, a really absolutely. nice drama series. I forgot what the name, the message I think it was called. Um, and that was just a short 12 part series, but it was, I was riveted. You know, it just reminds me of those good audio books. You know, I'm a Stephen King fan. I would listen to absolutely. Stephen King audio books and just the, the amount of, um, visuals you can sort of play in your mind when you're hearing these stories is to yeah. just paint this picture and, and when you tell a good story I, I think you're painting the picture in in the listener's mind uh it's so powerful i mean i've mentioned already about how just listening to the comedy stuff that i listen to yeah. you know you have that very intimate uh, relationship with the hosts you're 
they're there in your head. You're kind of like the fourth person in the room or the yeah, third person, depending yeah. on how many are in the show. Yeah. And they're like your pals and everything. You listen to them every week. And yeah. okay, they don't know who you are, but you know who they are. Um, and that's really powerful. But then you take that to the drama level where they're creating real, you know, amazing um, scripted work. Dramatic. Yeah. 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 And that's, I, I really, and I just think, oh my God, there's so many people out there that don't know about this yet, which I'm trying yeah. to change, you know. <laughs> One person at a time. Yeah, I'd say do it. A couple of questions as we wrap up here. What's something sure. you've changed your mind about recently? Tattoos. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't have tattoos yeah. and I'm unlikely to get them. I'm a bit of a, a bit squeamish about that. Yeah. However, I've met lots and lots of people who are really passionate about the tattoos they've got. Mm -hmm. And um, I used to be quite judgmental about the people that would have tattoos and, and what tattoos represented. Yeah. But I've I've come to realize that actually they're an expression of people's personalities or something that matters to them. Totally. And while, while I wouldn't have one, I absolutely, a lot of people that I really admire have them. And uh, Travis McElroy got another one recently. And I was like, you know what? I really understand why you're doing that. And I appreciate, sorry, just to mention another podcast yeah, in no. there because the McElroys, I don't know, you must have heard of the McElroys. But, but yeah, Travis is another one of my my faves. What's funny is we talk, I, this is the second time I've talked about tattoos in the last three episodes. <laughs> David Steele. Oh, really? <laughs> David Steele, host of um, The Quest for Magic and Steel, and also Arc City, which is a drama, which is a scripted drama, which is fascinating. Uh, connection there but we were, I, he just was moving around a lot and i just started seeing all these tattoos and so it just naturally lent itself to me asking i, I as i mentioned on that show i got my first tattoo when we moved from new york to oh, la because wow. it was a significant moment you know a changing in 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 homes and um it's from a visionary artist by the name of alex gray so he's his artwork inspired it and so that's the first and only one and it was yes it was incredibly painful <laughs> <laughs> But I, I wonder if you've seen some like beautiful bird tattoos or something on on, on people um, as well, because I imagine if uh -huh. people are passionate about it, they there might be a there might be a Venn diagram of like tattoo fanatics and bird watchers. So. Oh, absolutely! I'm sure there is. I haven't seen any yeah. yet, but you know, yeah. if people want to send me their photographs, I'm happy tattoo. to have a look. <laughs> Just don't send them if they're in any yeah. awkward places, please. <laughs> I don't really want to see those tattoos. <laughs> Duly noted. What's um what's the most misunderstood thing about you? Oh gosh. I don't know that I can answer that. Yeah, Have so I got I, enough self-awareness <laughs> to know what Yeah, sometimes it's um, things that uh people have made comments about and you're you're sort of surprised that they would think that you're like, Oh, I didn't realize you thought that and just sometimes people have a forward persona that's a bit different than who they are when you meet them in person. So I tell you, the one thing that's come up recently on the podcast is a lot of people, so my podcast is scripted, mm -hmm. but it's scripted very much, I write it clearly, and I write it in the way that I speak it, because I don't want to script it, Yeah. but I'm, I'm fine in conversation with someone, but I was only able to do this podcast on my own, and I, I just wouldn't be able to do it and, and have all the information at hand, so all the information that I use has come from my own memories, mm -hmm. but I need to have them ordered in a way that I can speak yeah. them. So I speak them in a way that I, I speak. When I'm on my own and doing the podcast, apparently I come across as very calming and very... You are. Um, <laughs> 
But in conversation, as you may have noticed, I am very <laughs> excitable. I'm so yeah. enthusiastic. And it's really funny to have read these first few comments about my podcast. And people say, oh, you must listen. She's so calming. She's lovely to listen to. She's, you know, and I'm like, That's, no, 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 you don't know me. <laughs> yeah. If you knew me, I'm not calm at all. But I can be. But it's, it's the situation. What's fascinating is that, that that was my reaction as well. And, and if it serves an additional purpose of being meditative for, or calming for people, then, you know, all, 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 the, all the better for it. Someone mentioned the other day about um, what podcast do you listen to that you can fall asleep to? <laughs> and, and some people said, how dare you say you'd fall asleep to that's my podcast? Do you know what? Absolutely. If yeah. you want to fall asleep to my podcast, I'm, I'm honored that yeah. you would do so. Just download a new one each week to <laughs> yeah. fall asleep to. Exactly. <laughs> don't, don't keep the same one. <laughs> You've heard of the Sleep With Me podcast, right? I have, yeah. Uh, I haven't listened to it this yet. This guy, he's made but... <laughs> a business out of droning on and making people fall asleep and just reading boring, Much like I do. <laughs> boring copies. So. Well, Susie, this has been a just fascinating conversation. I'm so happy I reached out. I'm so happy. I'm really happy. We're connected. And uh, obviously, we're going to now engage in, in Los Angeles. And uh, this is just what's so fascinating about the podcasting world. I'm really excited about what you're doing and, and the passion you're bringing to podcasting and introducing people to uh, birding and podcasting at the same time. So I, I think you're, you're really doing a, a, a great service. And, 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 and I'm happy we're connected now. Oh, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed speaking with you and can't wait to take you on a bird walk in LA. Yeah, that's going to be fun. What's the best place for folks to track you down online? So I'm on Twitter. I'm at Susie underscore B, B-E-E. -E. And um, I'm also on Facebook as Casual Birder Pod. I have a Facebook page, but the page, I, I hate Facebook pages, so I've made a group. <laughs> yeah, so there's the Casual Birder yeah. podcast group. I'm on Twitter as uh, Casual Birder Pod as well, okay. at Casual Birder Pod. And I'm on Instagram at Casual Birder Podcast. Okay. But I'll send you all of the links and yeah. you can perhaps put them up. But uh, if you search for Casual Birder, I think I'm the only one now that's doing, well, I'm the only one that's doing a podcast. Yeah. So, okay. Or can I just give a quick shout out to my music people? Sure. So uh, the theme music to my podcast is a song called Short Sleeve Shirt, and it's by a group called The Drones. Okay. And I first heard that 20 years ago, well, over 20 years ago now, at a folk festival. And I absolutely loved the piece of music. It's a very comical, mm. folky piece. And when it came to looking for music for my podcast, I wanted something like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I tried a bit with Garage Band, and I tried... I've got some musician friends and I asked them, could they try and recreate something like it? Yeah. They'd never heard it and there was no access to it. And in the end, I just reached out to the band and said, look, this song you had 20 years ago, don't suppose I could use it for my podcast. And they, they gave me permission. And I, I just couldn't believe it that I'd actually wow. reached out to the band that created this. So if anyone's listening to my podcast, please listen right to the end, right to the end, because there's a really great little comic bit at the end, which I really absolutely love. It fits my podcast so well. But I just wanted to give a shout out to the drones and say thank you so much to them for letting me use their music. We'll make sure we have a link to that as well. What's fascinating about that, thank it falls into that category of what uh, Dave Jackson, host of the School of Podcasting, now take your shot, and then uh, likes to call uh, because of my podcast. So he has, a, he has a segment on his show, so you may want to call in and just leave a note and say, ah. hey, because of my podcast story, this is what happened. And there's fascinating things that can happen, um, and um, that's, a, that's a nice story to hear as well. Oh, I've been so, so lucky, and, and like, you know, with you contacting me as well, yeah. it's, it's just been amazing. So thank you so much.
I'm expecting more good things to happen. So thanks again for, for spending some time with us. No, thank you very much. So nice. So relaxing to have that conversation with Susie. And it's given me an appreciation for the birds I sometimes see on my windowsill or out on my front porch um, or patio. And uh, I, I we purposely lay out uh, seeds as well to, to have the birds come and visit. And um, I've been paying more attention to them since the show <laughs> because I just you know, lumped them all into just a nice wild bird category. But it's nice to have an appreciation for the different types and the different uh, types of songs that they make. So all, all of this came just from noticing um, someone had an interesting podcast on Twitter. So what can you do this week where you can go out of your way and, and make a connection with someone um, that's that deals with something that you don't normally have an interaction with on a day-to-day basis. So I did it because I, I wanted, I have the platform and I have an interest in speaking to interesting folks like Susie. So that's why this happened. And there's something like that in your life that can be just as magical. If you just uh, put yourself out of your comfort zone and don't limit yourself to conversations where you, um, it's topics that you're only comfortable speaking about. Uh, don't forget to support our sponsor podbean.com slash podcast junkies. As always, full show notes for this episode are available at podcastjunkies.com slash 163. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil, cedarsoil.com. Tune in next week. We've got a great conversation with Travis Chapel. He's the host of Build Your Network, and we connected through a mutual friend of ours, John Corcoran, here in um, Santa Barbara. And uh, Travis is doing some great things. It's an example of uh, what you need to do to to up the the level of people that you surround yourself with and if you look at the 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 guests that he's happened to have on his podcast in such a short period of time you'll be really really impressed um, at his work ethic and what he's trying to build there with his show three times a week build your network so i've been on his show he's been gracious enough to invite me on um, and i think you'll get a lot out of that conversation as well next week 164 the retention hashtag you've been waiting for is suzy birds Hashtag Susie, S-U-Z-Y-B-I-R-D-S. And you can tag her at Casual Birder Pod. Casual Birder, B-I-R-D-E-R-P-O-D. Casual Birder Pod. And if you want to throw in an extra tag, her personal Twitter handle is uh, Susie underscore B-B-E-E. And then we are at podcast underscore junkies. Thanks to the few, select few, who do this on a regular basis. I truly, truly uh, am appreciative um, at... uh, what we're working on together to build this community of podcast junkies. Uh, if you want to sign up for our newsletter, podcastjunkies.com slash eight tools. Thanks so much for all you do and have a fantastic day.